You're listening to This Woman Can. I'm your host, Janice Sutherland, where I help mature professional black women take charge of their careers and lives to create a future on their terms. Hi and welcome to this week's edition of This Woman Can. I am in conversation this week with Melissa McClary Davis and we covered a lot of ground in a short amount of space. We talked about how she navigated the major transitions in her life, including divorce after 25 years, the joy of empty nesting, mastering the art of the pivot and much, much more. And yeah, I'm not going to say much more about the interview. I really want you to listen to it and give me your feedback on the other side. So sit back, get your favourite tip on as always. Let me know what you got out of the interview because I'd love to hear it. Everybody, and welcome back to this week's edition of This Woman Can. I am your host, Janice Sutherland, career strategist for the vintage woman. That's probably you what I'm trying with this week. Um, with, with basically, you know, the mature woman, the woman who has lived life and wants to live it a little bit more. So, my guest this week, my guest, and I'm so happy to interview her this week, is Melissa McClary Davis. And she's the founder and CEO of Wise Digital Marketing. And Melissa established herself as a leading expert in the digital marketing industry with over 30 years of digital marketing experience with Fortune 500 companies in a diverse range of industries. In addition to serving the top corporate echelon, Melissa's passion for problem solving and teaching has also led her to top tier marketing consultant services to small business owners to support them in successfully navigating digital marketing. And trust me, that's something we all need to learn how to navigate. As a result, her clients achieve noteworthy sales conversion and high ROI with marketing strategies that reach maximum market shares in the digital universe. She has a very hands-on approach and she has the ability to demystify the marketing process. And she is now expanding her offerings and sharing her signature wise digital marketing blueprint plan to help other small business owners and entrepreneurs amplify their brand. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about Melissa and her transition in her mature years. And I want to say welcome, Melissa. Welcome to This Woman Can. Thank you. Thank you so much. It is so nice. And I think it's an honor to be here, to be in your space, Janice, to talk to a a lot of lovely women who are in your space. (laughs) Fantastic. So I've given I've given your bio, the official bit, the the bit you want people to know. I, I, I love all that. But tell us about your journey and how you got to where you are today. Sure. And you know what? Thank you. That was such a, an a amazing bio. I was like, who is that person she's talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's me. It's me. Um, I think the best way to kind of sum up how I got to my journey is um, I am I am a sci-fi geek. I love technology and I love things that make it easy for people to do things. So I like to skip steps. I don't like to do things exactly like how it was taught. And I would love to kind of skip some steps. So I'm waiting for the universal translator. So that's why I'm not taking a language and I don't speak anything (laughs) but English. 
I'm waiting for the holodeck because I think we should be able to bounce where we want to go. And until then, until those two things come to, to light, I really look at like technology to make things better for my life and better for uh, business, I guess. Um, I got into business marketing. If marketing wasn't in the business school, I wouldn't have been there. I love the creativity of marketing. I love the idea of the art and science behind it. I like to you know, teach people how to take that and grow with it. And then the and internet, when it came out like in 94, um, after I had graduated from grad school, I was just intrigued with it, especially e-commerce. The fact that I didn't have to go into a mall to buy something, I was like, I have to you know, find out what this is all about. I hate shopping. So if I can just go ahead and go online and look for it, um, that's great. And so it kind of snowballed from there, you know, got into e-commerce, you know, rolled the wave of web, you know, 1.0 and then web 2.0 within year 2000. And then I found out that there's a lot of businesses who just did not know anything about it, nor do they want to embrace it. So I, I love that. I love to teach people that my mom was a school teacher for 47 years. So I think it's in my blood to kind of teach people how to do things like that. And then I just love just the, the, the newness of it. And I'm a curious person. And like I said, I'm a geek and I want to get us to the point where we have a universal translator and we have a holodeck or someplace (laughs) that can bounce us off. And if this is the direction, fine. That's why I'm. I love in the internet. I love digital. I love what's happening with AI. I'm not scared of it. I know a lot of people are like overwhelmed yeah. with it. I'm embracing it because it makes me feel like the early '90s again, or the mid '90s again. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's sort of like how I kind of navigated through that. It has to be fun. It has to be interesting and curious. And and so I was able to kind of go to great schools that allow me to work with amazing brands and businesses to help them move the needle on. Yeah. So so thank you for that. So you transitioned out of the corporate sector into the entrepreneurial sector. Yes. So what prompted, you know, because that can be quite a scary process. I'm talking from experience as well. So what prompted that that change, that reinvention to, to that to that? to that. Oh, yeah, it was, it was, it was fairly simple. I've always worked like client services, although I was a client for folks and with client services, you work on a variety of different brands. And although those brands were great, I really wanted to pick my own clients. I Mm -hmm. wanted to have the, the control of that and the freedom of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I worked in a digital space, I had seen a lot of entrepreneurs because Usually in new tech, emerging tech, there's always entrepreneurs yeah. who are coming up, right? And so I see, I seen their lifestyle. You know, I'm just like, hmm, I, 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 that's not, that's a cool lifestyle. I want that. Um, and the main thing was being able to pick my own clients and enjoy that lifestyle. So in a word, freedom. I knew at some point that I was going to be an entrepreneur. I remember taking the classes in grad school. You know, I, I remember, you know, you know, doing the little lemonade stand. I knew I wanted to be my own boss at mm-hmm. some point. So it was just a matter of when to take the leap, yeah. you know, because I knew it was inevitable mm-hmm. and uh, it be, it became inevitable. And so that's when I that's why I did it. Fabulous. Fabulous. Thank you for that. So in your application, your application, you talked about having some major life events that seem to happen in very quick succession. So if you want to share a little bit about that, how maybe that's maybe how if that has changed the way you think about your life and career. Yeah, I you know what? It's like I don't do things just once. Right. Everybody knows about different life events that you have in your life, whether you get married or move or start a new job or have a baby. You know, I kind of had to, I did it all at once. I did it. I did it back in the year, early 2000. And I just recently did it. Right. So I've been an entrepreneur. Um 
um, full time for this is actually um, my four year anniversary month. So for four years now, and it gave me a sense of not only pride in what I was able to do in my first years, but also a sense of that I can do it, the can do, it's, it's, it's available to me. And with that came a succession of a lot of things. The pandemic, everybody's life event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I had some deaths in the family. Um, and I just realized that, you know, life's not promised to you. And I knew at this stage in my life that, that I want my golden years to be golden. And I needed to put some things in place to make that happen. And one of the triggering things was um, a divorce. So, and I had been married for, um, it would have been, actually it would have been 30 years this month too. So October is an entry month. So I, I was married for a long time, yes. um, but I knew that I needed to make the, uh, the change in order to make sure my life, my future will be golden. And also to kind of demonstrate that for my kids. So I had that happen to me, divorce last year. Um, I had two kids who were moving on, one graduating from high school, one graduating from college. So that was new. Being an empty nester, selling my home. So I did all this within wow. within 13 months. Um, so having all that life event and then also run a business, you know, yeah. is 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 a lot. And I know I think I'm still processing it. At least that's what my girlfriends tell me. <laughs> yeah. The great thing is you're still smiling. Yes. You yes. Know, so, 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 you know, so that's, so that's a good, that's a good thing, Melissa. That's a good thing. So, you know, what, you know, when you embarked, you say in four years, you made that change from corporate to entrepreneurship. What do you think's unique about pivoting mid-career, mid-life, you know, the challenge of the opportunities? Um, I, th- I think that's a great question, Janice. I think one of the big things that makes it unique is, especially if you're in your mid-career and you and you've had success. Yeah. You know you were you know your manager. I left as a VP, so I had a nice team of folks working with me. Right when you jumped as an entrepreneur, you realize once again you have to roll up your sleeves, right? And you have to kind of do more things. Yeah. And um, and I didn't have a problem with that, you know, because I like to kind of get into things. Not to say I was a micromanager, but I I wasn't. Mm-hmm. But I, I I had to do that. But I also realized. I didn't want to do it. I I know that, you know, just because I can doesn't mean I should. Yeah. And if you have experience, management experience, unlike some entrepreneurs who have trouble letting go and doing it, you know, doing it all themselves, I have no trouble with that. I'm 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 a I can delegate all day, every day. So it's just a matter of like, how can I get myself in the position, financial position, business position, to be able to delegate some of this stuff because I want it off my plate. And I think some new entrepreneurs or newer entrepreneurs, like in their 20s and maybe 30s, have struck struggle with that a little bit. Yeah. But when you're mid-career and you have seen and you've had management experience, it's very easy to kind of set do your best to want to set that back up again um, and delegate. So fabulous, fabulous. But you know, and, and I I appreciate that and you want to change something, make things different. But what did you fear most about changing, making that change? Um, I think like most people, and I want to say feel your failure, but that's that's such a broad example. So I think if I looked detailed enough, um what I feared most probably was what my peers thought of me doing this because when you are mid-career and especially in the in the services industry right I'm because I'm doing services and you can say I have an agency consulting things like that 
Um, sometimes people think that, okay, you just, you just put your shingle out because you can't hack it in corporate, you know? Um, and so that, that fear of that perception is probably the, the biggest thing for me. It took me a long time to actually update my LinkedIn <laughs> with what I was doing. Um, and I had to kind of come to grips with it and just em- embrace it. So I think the fear of the perception of my peers who, you know, haven't gone to, you know, a great, you know, great business schools. I mean, most of my peers are like, you know, CEOs, COOs mm-hmm. of a lot of organizations and um, a lot of big brands. And so to be able to just sort of put your shingle out sends a message. And that's was one of my fears. <laughs> and, and why do you think it mattered so much what they thought? You know, I I think it's um, because of what it wasn't anything that I said, but what people had perceived of me like, oh, you know, you're going to be doing X, Y, Z for this organization. You know, oh, we could see you as X, you know, and, you know, working for for Coke, we could see you as X, you know, doing things and, you know, with with GM and Ford. So I think it was a little bit of that. And um, and I think, you know, when you don't do that, it, it sends a message that you failed in some format. And that's not, that wasn't the case. So I, I certainly know when I um, stepped down from corporate, one of the things was that people couldn't believe I'd left a good job. Um, yeah. um, they asked me if I'd been, the local newspaper called me and asked me if I'd been fired um, <laughs> from my role. And I'm like, oh, I just want to do something for me, something different. Yeah. What, you know, it's my prerogative to make that change. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's true. I mean, the the good news with my career path, especially in digital marketing, you know, I had a lot of jobs because there was always so many different opportunities and, yeah. and things were successful, things failed. So you bounced around a lot. So uh, yeah, so yeah, leaving a good job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I think that happened to me, you know, maybe three, four times, you know, earlier. Yeah. But for this time, I think people, you know, you know, it was more or less um, just you know doing it now, where where you where you're perceived as, oh wow, you know, this is this is you're in a nice spot. So yeah, yeah, and I agree. And, I, and I and I think when you get to that, uh, when you get to to be women of our age. The perception is, I mean, traditionally it's been like you should be now on the, you should be slowing down, looking towards the, looking towards retirement and getting the rocking chair and knitting out and you know, <laughs> taking it easy. Where yeah. that couldn't be further from the truth. Oh gosh, so yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, slowing down now. Yes, I don't want to work like 90, 80, uh, 90 hours a a, a week. You know, yeah. but it's interesting enough that if I, if I do a time study, I, I'm sure I am working 90 hours a week, with, but it's my, my own thing. It's different. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, think people do think you're, you're slowing down. You're, you know, you're a lady who lunches, you're going yeah. out and, and like the, the salary curve starts to go down and things like that. Now, now this is this is to me more time freedom. I mean, empty nester. I don't have to worry about um, doing immediate caretaking. So these are the opportunities to do more. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things I find interesting, I'm probably going to approach it, it's just a diff, odd, not an odd question, but I'm going to ask you anyway, is one of the things I find is that when we get, when I was in my 30s, 20s, maybe 40s, and in the corporate world, success was measured very differently to how I measure it now. And I'm not going to lie, I struggled with redefining what success meant to me 
um, in a, a different environment. So I suppose the question I've got for you, Melissa, is how do you define success for where you are right now in life? Oh, my gosh. You know, Janice, you're so right. It, it was so success was defined for me a little bit different. It was did you get the house on the hill or did you, you know, you, you live in the right neighborhood? Um, you know, how well your kids are balanced, um, the car that you yeah. drove. And, you know, and, and some of those things, yeah, I think in my 20s and 30s were, were really, really important. And in, in, in some in the 40s, for sure. Now, oh, my gosh, how I define success, it's so different now. I used to... Um, you know, especially with my with my ex husband, I always was trying try to like achieve different titles, get a new title. Yeah. You know, it's time to move the yeah. title up. That was another success thing, right? Um, and now it's sort of like, yeah, to me, success is is, is freedom. I define success like this. Um, after our talk today, um, I have a business where I have the flexibility to work from anywhere. Um, I am going on a vacation and I'm taking my business with me um, in the Caribbean, <laughs> like where you are. Um, and to me, that's success. Success for me is say that all my clients evaporate in one day, mm-hmm. and nothing but nothing to show for it. Um, and for me, it's like, huh, okay. I'll DoorDash and I will get a job as a barista at Starbucks and, and be ex- just as excited and happy by doing that. And if you had asked me that 10 years ago, yes. that those were on the list of options that I would like gladly do. I, I would have looked at you like you had three heads. Um, but for me, success is freedom. It's just doing some doing the things that I like to do um, more so than chasing um, a career ladder. Uh, based on the fact that I invested in a degree to do that. Yeah. Now to me, it's all about happiness and just being able to, um, you know, go to go to sleep at night and kind of do do a few things. I'm I'm a simple person. I I, I don't need the new shoes or the new bag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Different it now. It def- it's def it's definitely definitely different. So. You're there. You're at this stage now. You you know you you, you know what success how you define success, but. It's not been smooth sailing. I'm sure it's not been smooth sailing all the way through. So what would you say, Melissa, is the most difficult part, was the most difficult part of your transition? And what would have made that journey easier when you look when you look back? Oh, that's a good question. I think to me, one of the most difficult parts of it was sort of um, and, and and I'm still working on it a little bit now is um getting the word out and sort of messaging about, you know, who I'm working for and, and what I'm doing. Um, but getting getting the word out, because like I said, you can put your shingle up, you know, and people will look at your background. And my background is digital marketing. Hmm. Digital marketing is such a broad field. It's huge. So I think one of the difficult things was to make sure that people knew exactly what I wanted to do, because there are aspects of digital marketing that I don't like doing and I don't want to do that. <laughs> But so it's a matter of like managing client expectations and managing actually some of the referrals that I get to tell tell people like, thanks, but no thanks. And that's hard to do when you're like trying to build, you know, a business and you're like, no, I don't do website development, but thanks anyway. Um, That type of thing. So that was probably the the most difficult thing was like just making, getting the right message out for people exactly what I do and what type of clients that I'm looking for. Right, right, right. And we mentioned earlier, we talked earlier, you said about being perceived maybe as a failure by stepping out of the corporate world. But 
I always look at failure slightly differently. So my question for you is how has failure made a positive difference in your life? Oh, um, it's, it's funny you say that because I, you know, yes, looking at as a failure, but for me, you know, the whole failure equals opportunities, right? Um, and I came from digital. And so I worked with a lot of developers and we used to do, we used to say the phrase fail fast, you know, if you got to do it, get it done and then move on. Um, so failure has always been sort of like an opportunity for me to find some, to find what I can do different. Um, I've never been too shy of failure in all aspects, probably except for financial. Okay. <laughs> so I can fail in strategy and fail in, in obviously, you know, that's what's happened in relationships. And I think about what can I do differently, but, you know, failing in finances to me is, is, a, is probably the biggest challenge for me. And what I mean by failing in finances, is like, okay, I invest in something and I lost it all. You know, I don't, that that's the one that's probably the hardest thing for me to sort of grapple with when it comes to failure. But um, in, you know, and obviously failure in marriage by getting a divorce and, and failure in, in relationships with folks, I can kind of get through that because it's usually an opportunity. And then I just kind of do the work to find out what can I do better next time? Yeah. So women listen to this may say, okay, she can, she can rebound for that, but how does she do it? Yeah. Um, one, you, you definitely have to have a village of friends around you to kind of give you, the right perspective. I have this one, one of my best friends who I adore. And, um, and when you do go through divorce and things like that, I mean, there's highs and lows, there's days yes. where you're just sort yeah. of like, what did I do? Especially because I initiated it. Did I make the right choice? I mean, especially yeah. after being married for so many years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I'm, you know, I'm on my own per se from a financial standpoint, but that wasn't a big deal with our marriage because I was the breadwinner anyway. But um, I had a good good friend of mine. She says, well, Melissa, she just tells me take stock of what I have. And she's like, you, you can do this, 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 and this. Yeah. You have these abil- abilities. And she'll compare me to like, I have another friend who who struggles with that, but you're going to be fine with that. So I just you just need a team, a village of, of women who will help write you and put you in the right perspective. That yeah. That's one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, re- realize how... Um, bless you are. I'm a I'm a I'm a woman of of faith too. So I don't make a move without you know knowing that it is something um, that um, is definitely that I thought about and prayed on and meditated with. Yeah. Um, I just understand that. And and every decision I make is oh, there's always going to be pluses and minuses to them. And yes. then yeah. you have to figure out all right more pluses and and learn from it. Um, so though those are some of the things, but it it does take you know friends. And, and family to kind of help with it. So looking back, rewind the clock, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? Well, everybody talks about this. And if you're out there and you're, you're in corporate right now, and if you think thinking about taking the leap, take the leap. Everybody says this when you become an entrepreneur, they ask this question. Don't you think you should have done it sooner? And the answer always seems to be yes. <laughs> so if I think back of what I would have done differently, I probably would have should have taken a leap earlier yeah. and to be an entrepreneur. Um, but I, I didn't. That's one thing I probably would have done differently. Um, and in terms of some other decisions I make, uh, would I have gotten divorced earlier? No. I mean, people think when you're when you um get divorced close to like tw- after 25 years of marriage, 
people, um, some folks figure those divorces, you could have done it earlier, right? Mm -hmm. And there's some aspects where maybe so, but um, it's a road that you have to take. So I have no issues with with that. Um, But the other things I would have done differently is, um, gosh, I probably wouldn't have, you know, my, my kids, my relationship, um, maybe, um, wouldn't have ran uh, too many marathons like I did back in my forties. Cause right now my knees are jacked. <laughs> so, talk to me, girl, talk to me. <laughs> so, so, you know, you know, trying to take, you know, take out, you know, frustrations and anxiety through too much exercise <laughs> can leave you a little bit, you know, hobbling somewhat to more earlier than you want to, um, I, I think, uh, and then I probably would have taken more time off, more vacations. Mm. I would have done done mm. that, and knowing everything was going to be fine. Mm. Uh, I had I had glimmers of that, and I think I probably should have didn't uh, taken a little more risks from that perspective. Yeah, yeah. So just following on for that, then my question that comes up for me is: then what would be your best career advice for other women at midlife? Um, I think if you are thinking about being an entrepreneur, um, definitely take the leap, but, you know, make sure you have all your ducks in a row, yeah. you know, and, and, and have that, but definitely do it because, um, you have, a, you only have this one life. And mm-hmm. so you never know what could happen. Um, the circumstances could lead you to have to do different things. If yeah. you are blessed um, when you're doing mid-career, like I'm, I'm in my fifties, right? If you're blessed with still having your parents um, and having an opportunity to spend more time with them, um, and they and and you adore them, then you want to have to you want to slow down a little bit to give them more time before it becomes necessary, right? The, the idea of having to caretake your your parents, it it's it's a circle that happens, mm-hmm. and so it becomes less stressful if you can do that without with, when you have more control over your decision making and your circumstances during up during the day. And as an entrepreneur, you can do that. You yeah. know you can. Yeah have more of that control. Um, so I I would say definitely do that. And then if you want to teach your, your children how to live a better life, um, then show them that mm. um, as much. I think some kids, and my kids even mentioned it to me, that they saw how hard that we worked. And that almost was a negative for them yes. because they yeah. just didn't want to work that hard. They're like, yeah. you know, I was so, you know, my, my kids, one's a ner- my daughter's a nurse, you know, noble profession, you know, and my son's in college right now. And it's, and I'm like, Hey, thinking about marketing. And he's like, Oh no, I would never do that. And my daughter was the same way. I'm like, why? It's so great. Do you see me doing it? And they're like, no, we don't want to work that hard. We, we yeah. saw how hard you were working yeah. and, you know, and not being, it doesn't seem to be, you were happy with it. And I'm like, well, you know, working hard, trying to raise a family and all that. Mm. Um, the days were, days were long. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so for sure, those I are some of the I hear that. So we're coming, we're coming down to our final, our, our last few questions. Already? Wow. But yes, I know, I know. But um, you shared with me, obviously, that you're in your mid, you're in your mid fifties, and so I embrace, I embrace that because I'm there, well, past there with you. Um, but what's the joy of being over fifty, and what do you, what do you enjoy most about it? Oh gosh. Um. 
you know what can, can, can we swear on your podcast i'm not sure if you yeah, can yeah, say whatever okay. you want okay okay so yeah um one you just do not give two fucks about anything anymore <laughs> you, you really don't um i and, and that that part uh is 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 the, one of the joys i just really don't give two fucks about like the the drama yes. that that I know my my lovely um cousins and, and and I actually have a sister who's a millennial um goes through I'm just like hey, yeah I just don't I just don't care um uh, as much anymore um the other joy too is that if you if you've done it right you you have an, a, a decent financial cushion mm. so that, that should something go wrong you're not going to be homeless yeah. right yeah. um so no matter what, like I said, I could DoorDash and I could be a barista, you know, and, and still be happy because I know that I'm not going to be homeless. So that's also one of the joys. The fact that I'm an empty nester. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I love being a mother, but trust me, yeah. I am so happy yeah. that my kids are doing really well <laughs> on their own. I mean, my son just went back from fall break. He just left on Tuesday and I'm like, Whew, yes, I got my space back again. <laughs> you know, um, So just you know i i enjoy that i also enjoy just kind of getting back to being an empty nester getting back to doing some of the fun things you did before yeah. kids yeah. Um, yeah travel more um the, i purposely wanted to make my business remote so i can work from anywhere um and i'm going to take full advantage of that um, so those are, you know, some of the, the main things, um, that I do. And, and then things just don't, you know, things roll off, you know, I, I, I don't get, you know, I don't get upset because, you know, it, there's a traffic jam. I try to try keep things easier. So yeah, I just, yeah. I don't give two fucks anymore. That that's probably yeah. the best. Yeah. And I think there's a level, there's like a, release I remember being in my and when I was still in the corporate and I was in my 50s but my attitude was that I'm not on a career trajectory here so what I need to say I'm going to say and you're going to hear it you know so because it's not going to impact my career because my career is not the first and foremost most important thing to me right now in my life because as you said my kids are grown I'm an empty nester this that and the other I'm in control of me the only person I'm responsible for right now is me yeah so yeah that level of yeah don't give two shits um you know really does make you feel just the just the sense of release sense of release is uh yeah it's a great feel. it's a great feeling it's it a, is yeah it's an amazing feeling, feeling. It, it, it is so so melissa what are the three things you've learned about yourself during your career oh three three things one um I'm very, very flexible. Um, and I have mastered well, people. If somebody says that, especially in digital marketing, if somebody says they're an expert in digital marketing, they're lying because it changes. I have mastered the art of the pivot because right. when it comes to marketing, digital marketing in particular, you have to pivot because mm-hmm. things change on, on a dime. Um, I teach a digital marketing course. Um, and even this year, Week it's the sixteen week course. Week one, I have to, and in week sixteen, I have to go back because week one doesn't even exist anymore because it's changed so dramatically. So that's that's one thing. I've I've mastered the art of the pivot. the 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 other thing is, um, I have figured out that I 
I am more of a a visionary, uh, a, a, a big picture strategist. I love trying to help people understand the strategy of doing things. And, I, you know, I'm I'm not going to be bogged down in the weeds and in the attention to detail, mm-hmm. um, although some aspects of folks need that. I will find the tools that will help me with that. But that's an area that, you know, I am, I'll give you the big picture and I'll tell you the story. Um, and and everybody loves that story. Um, um, and I think third is um, I, you know, people tend to think I'm pretty, I guess I'm an extrovert, pretty bubbly. <laughs> um, they find that um, that I'm overly passionate about my area. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which is being a marketing geek, and that's true. And I just don't understand why others folks aren't. So sometimes I I have this curse of expertise where I think you don't you know that you should know that um, because I you know spent you know the last four months knowing um, artificial intelligence and AI and how it works and and how it can help your business. Don't you know that already? You should know that. So I think those are some those are the three things. Fabulous, fabulous. So a complete left ball question before we finish we finish up. Who or what is your favorite sci-fi character? Oh, I gotta only pick one. Okay. If I have, yes, if I have to pick one, it's um oh you make me pick one. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was a sci-fi geek, right? Yes. Oh, I guess I'm going to have to say the doctor. I'm a Whovian. I okay. love Doctor Who. Okay. I love Doctor Who. So let's not get me stuck about because obviously being British, mm-hmm. Doctor Who yep. is a bit of an institution. Yes, it, yes, and yes. And I can't say I remember all the Doctor Whos because there's been quite a few, but who would be your favorite? My doctor um, would be um, um, the fifth doctor. So Peter Davison is my oh, okay. doctor. Okay, my doctor. okay. And, and here in and here in the states, to try to watch Doctor Who, it would come on late at night on PBS when I was a, when I was um like in my my teens and early twenties to try to catch it. So it was really hard to find it here. But he he's considered my doctor because he was like one of my first. But I love them all. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I and I just you know I love the 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 power and the capability of it. So yes, that's my favorite. sci-fi character is the doctor yeah i'd probably age myself if i said john pertwee oh yeah you know that's who i grew up i mean and there was think there were two more before him because i can visualize them i can actually visualize them but i am yes people i am i i i am that era right yes well you know and everybody always talked about tom baker as the doctor people love tom baker and you know, and and Peter Davison came right after him. Yes, he, yes. So yes. and so people are like, oh my gosh, you know, this they couldn't grasp him. But yeah. for that era of Doctor Peter Davison is my favorite. But I but I was able to kind of convince my kids to watch the new era, and so we love them all. David Tennant, love David Tennant um, as well. So, um, but yeah, I'm a I'm a geek. It's that, or you know, Jean Luc Picard is my other one. But I know you only okay. want so so. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you so melissa thank you so much for that so if people want to know more about what you do get in touch with you contact how can they do that yes you can find me on socials wise digital marketing i'm sorry about that wise digital marketing which like the wise old owl 
So you can find me there. WiseDigitalMarketing.com is my uh, my website. You can find me uh, there as well. I have a YouTube channel. Um, and if you want to get in touch with me, there's a little contact up in the upper right corner. And um, I'm, I love to talk about what I do. And so you can reach out to me. and We can have a lovely conversation. I don't know if it'd be as lovely as this one, but... <laughs> It will be a lovely conversation about things that you need for your business and in digital marketing. So excellent. And I'll be sure to put the links in the show notes. So, Melissa, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, too, Janice. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I hope you enjoyed that interview, with Melissa. And I had some real takeaways. It made me think about a couple of things she said. One of the things that really stood out for me is when she said, just because you can, doesn't mean that you should and that we have to really master the art of delegation whether that's in life whether that's in career whether that's in your entrepreneurship there are ways to let go of things that really we don't have to be doing we don't have to be in total control it doesn't have to be perfect we have to focus on the objective is and that's getting things done I loved how she talked about embracing fear and not being worried about the perception of others, what they think, because this is her journey and not anybody else's. And the fact that she really did focus on leveraging her mid-career experience and use that to her advantage, moving from a VP to entrepreneurship. And she didn't, you know, she didn't sugarcoat it. She said it was tough, but it was something that really gave her joy in the fact that she got to do things on her terms and basically redefining success on her terms. And that's one of the things I'm going to be talking about over the next couple of episodes is how we look at redefining success. I know when we're back in our 20s, our 30s, maybe there was all the intrinsic success things or things like the house, the car, the salary, the shoes, all those kind of things that Melissa and I uh, touched on. But there are other ways when we get to mid-career, mid-life in our 50s, whatever you want to term it, where we start seeing success differently. And I'll be doing a short mini-series, the first uh, one of my mini-series, where I'll be talking about how you look about mastering or redefining success in midlife. What does that mean to you and how do you go about doing that? So make sure you're subscribing, make sure you're following me on all the major socials so you don't miss, miss an episode. So I'll talk to you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you got something from this week's episode, please let me know. Better yet, share it with your friends, colleagues and anyone you know who can benefit from this message. Don't forget to subscribe or write a review and connect with me at my website, JanniceSutherland.com, where you can also subscribe to the This Woman Can newsletter or connect with me on LinkedIn. Remember, you have the wisdom, resilience, authenticity and power to create a life on your terms. And if I can, you can, this woman can. Take care until next time.